This episode is sponsored by our Patreon subscribers. Thank you so much for your continued support. If you're not a member yet, you can join our Patreon for as low as $1 per month to support the cast and crew of The Bardic College. Unlock bonus content featuring your favorite players, get exclusive access to shows you can't find anywhere else, and even get a chance to have Raz run a game of your choice. Visit us online at patreon.com slash thebardiccollege. Hello, my name is Lauren, but you probably know me as Catherine Ross. I'm here to let you know that if you love our content and want to feel the same dread, terror, and jubilation that I do, then make sure to check out Lurking Fears when you head out to your next convention. With a great group of professional storytellers, Lurking Fears is able to weave stories that will haunt you and take you to the very edge of madness, which is something I know a little bit about. Now, while specializing in Call of Cthulhu, Lurking Fears also runs games from a variety of other systems. So there's something for everyone. They're committed to running heavy RPG adventures that are driven by the narrative and, of course, by the player's choices. So check out their Facebook page and follow them to keep on top of which con they'll be hosting games at next. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. Now, let's get back to the action and see what our Keeper Raz has in store for us. But if history has taught us anything, probably going to be bad news. You're listening to a 7th edition Call of Cthulhu podcast titled Cthulhu in Cairo, brought to you by the Bardic College. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to the show to receive notifications as our future episodes release. You can visit us on Facebook at the Bardic College. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Cthulhu in Cairo, brought to you by the Bardic College. You know who I am already, and if you don't, go all the way back to episode one, because you really have missed not only a lot of stuff, but like 83 hours of material, which we've shrunk down and made beautiful little one-hour bite-sized nuggets for you, and those nuggets are so delicious and tasty. So go back to one, learn who we are, and then come and meet us back here in a couple days, because you'll binge us, I'm sure. But anyway, Raz here, I'm with the entire team. Just want to say hello to them real quick, because without them, we can't do what we do. They are the heart and soul of the of the show. Uh, first, we have Lauren as Catherine. How are you tonight, Lauren? I'm doing great. I'm happy to bring another podcast nugget to our delightful listening audience. Mm, criminal. Uh, yes. So <laughs> that's, that's Pepper in the inside jokes. Love it. And we also have Scott playing Vadim Gavrilov, our, uh, our smooth-talking Russian fixer, I guess is the best way to say it. How, is, how are you tonight, Scott? I'm good. I just learned I'm smooth-talking. Nice. Well, in Russian. Yeah, in English, I, you're terrible. That's right. <laughs> We're about to leave Russia. I just became useless. <laughs> that is not true. You I mean, take that back. I mean, just to show you what we are here at Cthulhu and Cairo, Vadim is a smooth-talking Russian, so it's going to be like still long pauses between... Listen. <laughs> I can make... Oh, not smooth-talking. He's a fast-talking, right? Yeah, there, we go. there we go. He's a fast-talking Russian, so it'll be a little quicker. Listen, I know you. You know... Well, me, but <laughs> it's wow. going to be great. Wow. <laughs> Can you repeat that? I didn't quite catch that. That's going to be everybody's response. <laughs> we need a fast We need a fast interpreter. <laughs> All right. And playing uh, playing Ella Walcott, our uh, clairvoyant and psychic, is Kayla. How are you tonight, Kay? I am doing quite well, Keeper. Loved the food pun for our show. I do love a good chicken nugget. True. Chicken finger, chicken nugget, chicken tender. We'll go through There's that one day There's a very big sure difference between the I know, three. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have Mel playing Faye Dawson, Amer- basically America's sweetheart with a head of steel. So Faye, how are how are you tonight? I love that description. I'm gonna I'm gonna put that on Faye's character bio. That's right. just perfect. I'm great. Faye's great. 
Never thought I'd say this. Kind of excited to go back to Nepal. I'm going to use that as a soundbite for when we run into bad shit in Nepal, but with like a echoey, creepy reverb behind it. Like, okay. I'm actually excited to go back to Nepal, Nepal, Nepal. Yeah, we're like, Nepal. Like all over as you hear the screams of the dying and the people running from Katmandu. Yeah, cut to Faye getting shot. It's, yeah, we're going to see what happens. Well, it's been, you know what, Faye? It's been three and a half months since you've been shot. That is so not true. Oh, no, wait. You got shot in <laughs> Russia. You got skinned. Although Catherine got slapped in the hip, but you, in, in the you know top of the leg. But you get, you did get grazed, right? I'm going to put that on our Facebook page. It's um, how many how many episodes <laughs> since Faye's last incident? <laughs> Episode Faye free with no wounds for Faye. 26 days and counting. Uh, and, <laughs> we need to get one of those workplace signs right yeah, now. Say, it's like the workplace health, health safety signs. <laughs> Right. <laughs> no, no trauma to Faye Dawson for zero days. <laughs> I make the motion for Catherine, um, ever the crafty, to make this out of cardstock and felt, and make Faye wear it. Well, not wear it like a scarlet letter, but just. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> Put on your placard. Put it on. What an unfortunate bib. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> And that voice you heard was Joel Blaine, Jack Cavendish, our uh, our man about town with a lot of guns and a penchant to hurt things. How is Jack tonight, Joel, and how are you? Uh, doing good now. I'm glad to put away the stress of the day and uh, dig into another wonderful adventure and let, let <laughs> and Jack out of the box. Here. Jack in the box. Yes, that's fabulous. All right, so we have airline tickets arranged to make our way back towards Nepal. There is no direct flight, so there's going to be some sort of a changeover. Let's say you're going to, I don't know, you're going to fly over somewhere in in Turkey and then drop onto another plane that's going to fly you out to an airport where you'll pick up a small shuttle flight to Kathmandu. I really didn't crack that route. Normally, I would have that set, but I'm thinking about it. And I I was going to do a Zeppelin, but then we said, no, we're going to do planes. So, yeah, we have all kinds of things. But, well, needless to say, you have the appropriate airlines. It's going to take about 20 hours of travel with a couple of connection flights that you have to make your way there. And um, that's all been arranged. So you have the guns. You have the information that you had from from last time with Alcos uh, Paralopolis that Yinko was not doesn't seem to be at the bar uh, where you had met him last time with the infamous, you know, scenes with Matthew and and running into him and as Caravaggio and the whole bit. So this is all going back. We have one of the Gustavs traveling with you. So there is actually six. So you're taking up a good portion of the planes back then. They only hold like 20 or 30 people. But yes, that is all arranged. And as you make your way onto the plane, is there anything last minute that you guys want to go over real quick before we board the plane? And figure out what kind of damage Catherine's going to do this time to the pilot. Well, I would like to just say it right now. I am taking an ungodly amount of the 1930s equivalent of Dramamine. That's morphine. What? <laughs> Are you going to juice that, yourself? That, legally, That's... that would be alcohol. Illegally, that would be morphine. No, no, no. <laughs> Dramamine's for motion sickness and like makes you sleepy on pl- on like plane rides. Morphine knocks you out, so you don't get either. You just, you just I, I'm there. not going to listen, okay? I'm just gonna get a little bit blitzed, and then we'll go on the plane. It's fine. I'm, I'll just I'll just be drunk, and then I'll pass out. All right. So first flight, you board it in the morning. Uh, again, we like we talked about, everyone had picked up money. 
there had been con you know uh through different banks and things uh you made arrangements jack has his guns loaded alcos arranges it so that there's no customs check of why would you be carrying 12 different types of rifles several different pistols and more pistols that you felt you needed to buy while in the while in Sevastopol because you didn't have enough with the trunk of pistols and the Tommy guns and the other things that, uh, you know, Aveline had left behind. Plus Gustav's armed. I mean, you guys are going out like Ghostbusters don't bring this kind. You could literally outfit a foreign legion like the <laughs> this is the kind of shit that you guys are carrying. But it's all packed away tight. And nice. So the pilot's not nervous. No one's thinking about it. It's just, you know. That's the way it is. So it'll be in the in the trunks with all of your clothes and the rest of your gear. First flight will take will fly out from Sevastopol. It's a quick hop over uh, to Constantinople, several hours, and that's where the the lar- larger flight will go out to like Delhi or something, and then they'll pick up a plane and bring you over to to Kathmandu, like we spoke of. So first flight, everything's going well. It's early in the morning. Engine roar is loud. There's uh, there is a stewardess. She can be reached very simply by raising your hand and see you. There's only like 34 people on the whole plane. Uh, and this is a good sized flight. Um, let's see what anything happens to Catherine since we're up in the air and huddling over water, which seems to be when she's not, doesn't do her best. Catherine, high or low? Roll the percentile dice. What, what, what are you thinking? Low. Low it is. So you, uh, yeah, you're fine. Oh, Nothing happens. Thank the God. drinks keep coming. Okay. The drinks keep coming. <laughs> um, Ella doesn't sense a, a dark presence coming over you. <laughs> like, <laughs> if they're here, she doesn't scream that <laughs> oh, and point God. at you. <laughs> I'm more dainty but, um, than that. I don't cackle or screech. If you saw what was what came after her last time, Ella, uh, it was you'd a cackle. There'd be a you'd cackle. screech. There might, be, there might be a screech. There might be a cackle. You might jump out of the plane. We don't know. Absolutely. We just don't know. Actually, it's Ella. She might try to shake its hand. That's very true. <laughs> Invite it for tea. The uh, flight lands in Constantinople. You have about six hours for the next collect- connecting flight. Remember, this is 1930s. You're lucky there's a plane leaving on the same day that you were able to catch up with. So there's a lot of downtime in these flights. So it's 20 hours in air total, but you're also going to be six hours on the ground in Constantinople. The city in six hours, you really can't yet to do much. You could leave if you want, pick a cab, pick one thing like the, you know, Hagia Sophia, if you wanted to look around, maybe a bookstore, whatever, but that's entirely up to you guys. Otherwise, it's dinner, or actually this time would probably be, yeah, early dinner, and then get washed up or whatever, and then back on the plane. What is everybody thinking? Airport bar. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> Catherine's already blitzed, so I, you know Why not? It's what? Airport bar. Airport okay. bar. Okay. Jack? Oh, alcohol. Absolutely alcohol. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this. I'll stay sober. Oh, don't be a wow. party pooper. One of us has to make sure that we get onto the right plane, okay? Because if we end up in Paris, I'm going to be pissed. Oh, Gustav's sober, isn't he? Paris. Oh, God, that's right. I look at him and I clap him on the shoulder and I go, I trust you. You're one of Aveline's guys. I'm I'm going to go get drunk. I'm the designated flyer. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want a drink? Not really. It's... um... Exactly. See? (laughs) What time of year is it? Uh, The end of December. Christmas. We're going into 1932. It is almost Christmas, yes. Wait, wait. I have an idea. Everyone, we should get each other Christmas presents in this airport in Constantinople. Oh my god. All right. You're just really not understanding airport. It's a field <laughs> with a tower and, and a, a tiny bar. little room that you can sit in with a crappy <laughs> that you can sit in. This isn't it, it Heathrow or JFK. It's, it's not Where's 2022. 
the gift shop down you know down in Merchants Quarter about six minutes Never from here. Mind. There's no row of ridiculous bookstores. There's none of that stuff. Damn, I love the idea. I would have gotten Catherine a mug that said "I heart Constantinople." <laughs> it's not Istanbul. True. It's it's uh yeah. There's no Hudson News stand. There's nothing like that. Well, here. I had I thought that was gonna be such a cute thing, but. We'll have to get them elsewhere. You have you have six hours. With, you know we can talk off air about what you got each other, and just say everybody ran out and got presents, and we'll exchange them on Christmas Day, which will be coming up in several days. Oh, that would be so cute! Be All right, so off air we will discuss, and then we will post for our patrons a list of everyone's gifts for each other. We'll secret Santa it so we don't have to have Vadim buys for Catherine. Vadim buys. We already know what Jack would get: ammunition. <laughs> um, Come on, you got to be more creative than that. I said, you can't be too prepared. I mean, ammunition is literally the gift for everyone. <laughs> it's the gift that I use and keeps on giving. So back onto the plane late in the afternoon, you're going to fly just several hundred miles uh, and then land because, again, night flying, not the most, the greatest thing yet. So a lot of pilots prefer not to do it. So you'll be landing. Rooms are made available for you. Everything's fine. Catherine is at this point. Basically, Gustav helps pour you guys into a cab. And uh, then pour you guys back into some sort of a bed that's been arranged not far from the airport for you uh, by him. He's fine. He's not drinking. Next morning, hangovers are probably chased away by more alcohol. Plane takes off early and makes its way to New Delhi, where you arrive somewhere around 4 p.m. that that afternoon. So that flight took, yeah, you probably left around 7. That probably took another 8, 9 hours in air just to get from Constantinople to India and then land. Now you're going to be in New Delhi for the evening. The most common place is this particular airport. It's just, uh, it's known by its English name because at this point, India is still very much British. Correct, 1930? Yes, right? 1930. Yes, should be still in English. Oh, very much, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in the late 40s, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, there's a thing called the London. It's, it's like the Metro. It's just this hotel that they have near the airport where a lot of the travelers stay. And it's very, again, European, very continental up top, you know, the way it's done. And as you're checking in, and you, do does everyone give real names, fake names? How are we doing this? Just I need to ask because just wonder for the manifests and with the tickets and your airport and everything, whose passports are not shown at hotels. You don't have to worry about that. But are you signing the guest registry or giving the, the concierge uh, behind the counter your real names? After Russia, I feel that we would – it would be beneficial – to be using the same name at the air at the hotels and accommodations and stuff that are on our documents. So if we've been using the fake documents that we have been that we've had in our possession since like Berlin, then maybe we keep using the fake names. And for those that have never been to Berlin, <laughs> for those who are traveling under a regular, oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> Vadim has uh, Vadim has his his standard selection of of uh, false documents with him. So he's got a little baggy. Vadim has passports in many different colors. Uh, Ella and Jack have passports that seem to be passports. And Faye and Catherine can check in under the pseudonyms that they had from Berlin if they choose to do so. Is that what you get, ladies are doing? I think for safety reasons, that might be a, might be a good beneficial. Idea. Yeah. All right. All right. So the next morning breakfast, uh, you have to be at the airport, he says, at 8 a.m. So by, you know, 7, 6 o'clock, you're up having breakfast. Uh, I don't know about back then but i would assume when planes said you know eight o'clock they took off around eight o'clock 
and because you're six of the 28 passengers that are left on the plane, <laughs> you know, you're probably going to wait a few minutes if you're running a little late. Time back then, again, a little different on how people handled takeoffs and landings. There wasn't so many planes up in the air. So, you know, a delay of 10 or 15 minutes didn't kill a runway time of, you know, eight different planes. So uh, you make your way out to the airport. And as you approach the plane, you know, your the bags, you have probably like some sort of an overnight bag. All your other's kit is still on the plane. It's the same plane going this time. You know, you transferred over your stuff. It's fine. And uh, the pilot is standing outside and he's speaking with two Indian, uh, I'm sorry, British gentlemen, you know, British in India, gentlemen who are basically having a heated conversation with him. And as the car pulls up and you get out, you can tell that things are a little bit, there's definitely an argument going on here. Um, Can we tell what they're saying? Yeah, as you approach, I mean, it's, uh, Adam, how good is your English? Just as the way you speak it, right? It's 40. Yeah, so you, you're 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 going to be able to get through most conversations unless it starts getting really heated. Can I do a listening roll? Yeah, you can. With my keen hearing, little bonus die action. That's a twenty, a one, or excuse me, a ten and a six. So that would be a sixteen. Yes. So not only can you hear them, everybody's kind of hearing them, but you can also understand them. And he's like, "I'm sorry, but we've been told that this plane just cannot take off right now. It's been grounded." I apologize for this, Captain, but no, you don't understand. We, we're, you know, I have other passengers. What are we supposed to do with these other twenty-eight people? Well, they're just going to have to wait, aren't they? And you're all approaching. He's like, and these people, these people also have business there. And he's like, I'm sorry, ca- ca- Captain, but this. Pu- oh, uh, good day, ladies. My name is Lieutenant Clayton Poole. How are you? Ah, oh, Mister Poole. Very nice to meet you. My name is. I'm. I'm assuming I didn't use a pseudonym, so I'm going to be like. Many- nope. You have Ella Walcott. Yep. My name is Miss Walcott. Pleasure. What's the problem? Now, the problem is, ma'am, that we've been contacted by the governor's office that this particular flight has to be grounded for some time. I'm not sure what all the hullabaloo, but we're told that they are not allowed to take off until further notice. Is there someone on this plane that shouldn't be on the plane? Because that worries me very greatly, if it's if that's the reason we're being grounded. Bad weather in the approaching, a herd of animals on the runway, like, what's going on? Well, a herd of animals, ma'am, I'm not sure about that. I can see down this runway, it's not quite that long. But no, just uh, got a word and was uh, sent here right away to make sure that this plane goes nowhere. So there it is. <laughs> Bully. <laughs> Ex- excuse me. Uh, excuse me, sir. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, Clayton Poole. Yes. Jameson Cavendish the Force. I'm I'm just curious, you know, what is going on exactly uh, here? And is there is there nothing we can do about this? I mean, I'd hate to reach out to my father, Lord Cavendish. You know, to let him know that we would be delayed. I would hate for you to reach out to your father as well, sir. But what can be done is wait. Uh, when the governor says that a plane is not let supposed to take off, then I'm sure they have good reason. Well, maybe, Mr. Cavendish... You know how these things are. Well, maybe, Mr. Cavendish, yeah. if you called your father and mentioned that Mr. Poole is the reason we have been grounded, perhaps he can move some things around, help us out? P-O-O-L-E, sir. Poole. In case you needed it spelled for your lordship, the father. Well, if there's an issue with this plane, why can't we... Is there another that's going out? I'll look at the captain. I'll go. We have business that we need to attend to in Kathmandu. I, uh, not to Kathmandu. Not today or tomorrow that I know of. I mean, we could check with the tower, Miss Dawson, but... Oh, with Miss whatever your name is from Berlin. I forget what you used. Do you remember? Mm. Elsa Prune, right? Or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it was... yeah, no, it was... Um, <laughs> I think it was, it, was, it was Sarah. It was Sarah something, so we'll just... Go with Miss Sarah. I'm sorry, Miss Sarah, but (laughs) since you haven't introduced yourself yet and you're all a bunch of rude people uh, yelling in my face like this, why are we all talking? Let's go get a, you know what? Am I yelling? Come with tea, we'll solve this. 
a couple. I didn't think I was yelling. I'm just talking normally. I could be yelling. Well, you're American. He 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 thinks you're always yelling. Oh yeah, that's fair. Listen, it's quite simple. This plane is heading for Kathmandu. It was supposed to take off, well, in about 15 minutes. It's not going to. Now, you can enjoy New Delhi. We can send you back to your hotel and, and, and get hold of you as soon as it's been cleared. But until I get the go-ahead from the governor, this plane and this pilot and you are here as our guests. I appreciate your hospitality. Really, I do. That's that's great. It's a beautiful city. Um, But we got to go to Kathmandu. Like, we got to go, like, you know, I'm, like, looking at my watch that doesn't exist. We have to go and, like, now, like we were supposed to. We got stuff to do. I see. Did this pool identify himself as far as what what his position is? Is he like a representative of the government? A fish? Is he a, a you know a? He looks to be like British Army, maybe. Um, so he's, he's not dressed... from the airport. No, he's dressed in the the short gray shorts, the high socks, total military look. He's got the bandolier, you know, the British bandolier with the brown leather with the pistol. He looks totally official. I mean, it's you can ask for credentials, obviously, but yes. And he's also with another man named um, who's behind him, who's. Yes, please ask like a for sergeant for, or a corporal. Please ask for credentials because we gave away key evidence in like the freaking prologue because of this. Okay, so he he takes out his you know whatever he has military that shows that he's who he says he is and says it's uh, it's all right here, miss. I'm sure that you'll understand. It's British Army, you see, serving in India. You're not an airman, and you're not being very polite. But I'm ignoring it. <laughs> Why don't we just listen? I'm gonna if we're staying. In India, sir. She is wobbly, folks. I'd like You're wobbly at eight AM? Yeah. What were you on the bloody you're on Bloody Mary's all morning? Yes. We... <laughs> we I had to fly. I had to fly at like eight AM. I had to start early. We got Catherine drunk for nothing. I got six dollars of alcohol in me. <laughs> I need we'll we'll need we'll need accommodations if we have to stay in India. Already handled. We'll bring Five you right stars. back to your hotel. And Five stars. Well I we're, is that where, you, where were you staying? Don't don't listen to her. Why um, not? She, she, if we have to stay, please, you'll be the guest of the governor. If if, if oh. we have the metro, we have the metro down the road. I'm sure we could put you up there. I'm, I'm hoping the delay won't be Bring more than out a few my hours. Nice dress. But... Excellent. Oh, I think tea is a, is a fantastic idea, and perhaps we can talk while we drink the tea. We can talk about the reason for the delay. I'm sure. That well, Mr. Cavendish, would, would you like to call your father to make sure it's okay for you to have tea at this point? No, I think I'd rather talk to you, Smarty. <laughs> <laughs> nothing like a flip military man Ooh. well i just mean you were telling me you wanted to call your father to make sure you had your pants yeah, on and that you thought that you was could just... fly and when the plane should leave i, I thought i, I was like just being him. british sir Faith. Faith. I like you know there him. is a difference between you like who average people that and guy. lords and ladies and that sort of Which thing one gentle of, of course there are of course sir and i and i understand Ooh. that but there's this isn't a lord's plane this is an average people's plane and that means it stays where it is. But please, um, let me have let me have Rogers pull the car around, and I will take you back to your hotel. Do you have any bag? Oh, you have your bags from last night. I see your overnights. Yes, please bring those with you. I, you never know; might be delayed a day or two. I go to Vadim if that's all right. Vadim and all of this has he uh, he immediately kind of um, you know shadowed his way to the back of the group, so he's not standing for or kind of keeping a low profile. He doesn't like it. He doesn't like authority figures, especially foreign ones. In short pants. So, so Ella, you could, you know, <laughs> if there's something you want to say to Vodum, you could say it. Uh, yeah, I, you know. I go, I sidle back while Jack and this guy are having a conversation about like their his noble pantaloons, <laughs> apparently, and his daddy. And I go, Vodum, I'm not getting in a car with that man. I agree. We should arrange for our own transportation. We do not want to go with this man. 
And how do we do that? We are in a new city. Do you know anyone who has a car service, perhaps? Mm, we check in with airport. They will have information. I believe in stranger danger. He's a stranger. I don't want to go with him. He is the man that has stopped the plane. We do not know what his purpose is. We certainly should not put ourselves in his hands. So Clayton Poole goes over to the rest of the, in, to the plane where people are sitting because some of them have ordered already. He's like, I'm sorry, but this this is this flight has been currently grounded. It, it, just some things, you know, we'll need you to step outside and we'll have you uh, we'll have some transportation brought around. So he's, shortly, and he's stepped over to the plane then while he's talking to these other people. He just while he just turns away from Jack for a moment while Rogers is going to get the car. And he goes up to the other people, and he's also t- telling the people on the plane to come on out. While he's distracted, Vadim kind of steps up amongst the group and says, I suggest we go to the airport and leave this man behind. Right. Okay. Because there's, the, there's offices at the airfield, right? Officials from the airfield? Mm-hmm. Yes, capital idea. Capital idea. Yeah, I kind of want to go talk to someone else from the airfield and find out exactly why that plane's not going anywhere. So uh, if you want to lead the way. I was getting a little suspicious when he wanted to be our friend out of nowhere. I'm going to get you some water when we go to the offices, too. So, Vadim has, has his bags in hand and just starts walking towards uh, wherever the central tower and offices and, you know, terminal areas or what have you. I'm going to follow behind uh, clutching Catherine's arm to keep her next to me. Uh, you know, I, I, let me, let me clarify. Does, does everybody – Vadim's not going to go off half-cocked. Half he says this. Does everybody kind of, like, nod, like, yeah? Or are there people that are like – because I don't want to go running off if people are thinking, no, we should stay put. Right. Vadim's no, walking briskly across the air, <laughs> across the airfield while everyone's standing there looking at him like, bye, bitches. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at him like, the hell's he going? <laughs> no, I – I'm all for the, it. Um, I, I, yeah. I talked to him about it, right? So I'm with him. All right. I'm also with him. I'm game. Excellent. Jack grabs his, his overnight bag. Uh, yes, all the rest of your stuff is being left on the plane at this point. It looks like they're assuming the plane will eventually be cleared to go, but currently, no. So you are heading across the plane. The car starts pulling up. I mean, it's still hundreds of yards away, but the car is pulling up and it's heading over to where he is as you're briskly. And again, guys, this is like a runway, right? It's one or two tops. So where you're parked at the end of this runway, yeah. the, the tower and offices are... And it's probably Maybe a grass field, actually, you know. Most yeah, it's three, 400 feet. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely, it's it's dirt. Yeah, it's been carved out. But it's, like you said, it's it's fields everywhere around you. Mm-hmm. So you're just crossing a field to get to where the parking lot is for the 40 cars that happen to be parked here for the day, you know, with or the way that people get around. As he, as we start walking, um, Vadim says, um, Ella, did I hear uh, did I hear the lady say you can pilot? You know, you know how to fly. I, well, I did. Mentioned that I flew the German aircraft into Russia. Yes, I I can. Wouldn't trust me with a large commercial airline, but I can fly a small, tiny plane. The propeller. Don't know what they're called. Plane. And by the way, commercial airlines, Kayla, were about the size of the plane you flew. Oh. (laughs) Planes don't come super, super big. I I mean, you're not talking like a big bomber yet from World War II. So Vadim's thinking, you know, maybe maybe there is a plane we can rent. Lease. And by rent, you mean wink, wink, apprehend for the good of the cause? Well, my guess is there's probably a, a, garage, a big air garage where they work on planes there and then probably just there a is. small building where you wait to fly from. Yeah, there's there's a warehouse type or, you know, a hangar that's with two doors that's down a couple hundred yards off, you know, away from the, the tower itself, maybe two, three hundred yards. So there there is a... You know, it's attached to a smaller part of the airfield where they do park some planes. Total number of planes in this airport is probably maybe eight. It's not. It's not like there's a lot of them. 
they're either they're in, they're fueled, they're they're maintenance and let they go. There's only a, like seven or eight here. So we've all pooled a fair amount of resources. Oh, um, so you know, easily enough in the range of being able to. Uh, uh, I mean, I could probably buy a plane for Pete's sake, but uh, easily enough to to be able to. I don't know what's the proper term, rent rent one or what have you, you know? You could find a private flight to go out. You could probably find a pilot to take you, yes. That we would be also, no we also, Catherine was gifted Aveline's connections to the Cobalt Club as well. Correct. With all the transportation and everything, we could always contact them. Or get the expedite of how to get our plane off the ground now. Yeah, whichever, whichever, will, whichever will be faster, but... For now, we can go to the office and find out exactly what's going on because yeah. it's probably not great if we're... Uh... There may be a perfectly legitimate reason. Yes. All right. So you arrive at the offices. Leave. Is everybody staying out with the bags? Everyone's going in. How are we doing this? But there's a door here that says, you know, something like manager or whatever on the out. You know, it's it leads into an office. And again, it's, it's maybe three offices on this whole attachment to the tower. Mm-hmm. We're talking an airport staff of maybe 15 people. Besides the mechanics. I'll stay out with the bags if anybody else wants to join me or... Yeah, I'm going to stay outside with the bags and just uh, light a pipe. I don't really... I want to keep an eye on the plane and on our gear. Yeah, same. And I'm fast enough that I can... What am I... Never mind. I I rescind that. Fast enough. Go jump on the plane. Keep it grounded. Well, you can lay in in front of it. I mean... Yeah, that's going to be the end of Faye Dawson. Um. (laughs) She'll head bump the prop. Silent protesting under the runway. They will run me over. All right. So you get to the office. Um, you can knock and enter. That's not a problem. It is regular business hours. Uh, there is a man sitting there and uh, a gentleman who is uh, obviously Indian. He's working at a typewriter next to him. And he's like, and let's find out exactly what's going on with, with uh, Percy's plane, because I, I'm sure he's going to want to go out this afternoon. It's beautiful weather over the mountains. He's going to want to go out and take a ride. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Hello. Can I help you? Vadim looks at uh, Ella and Faye, you know, to kind of... I thought Obviously it was just me and you in there because Catherine oh, was Faye didn't with come in. Catherine, yeah. that's right. And Catherine's three sheets to the wind. Yes, that's right. So she's <laughs> so it's just... she's being propped up by Faye. Gotcha. What my plane, fucker? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> let me go talk to them. I'll get our plane back, no problem. You stay here. I'll just use some of this morphine to why... get them compliant. <laughs> no. Listen, why didn't we send Jack in? Because we've got Vadim, who's sweet man. English is like, you know, 40%. And it's not bad. It's not bad. Um, but he's, he's, he's good at catching tells and interacting he is. with people. And then you've got Ella. Ella's a talker. I can be cordial. Um, Go ahead. So what do we got? Ella's a talker. I enter the office immediately, step forward, reach out my hand and go, Hello. Sir, what is your name? My name is Miss Walcott. Oh, Stanley Church. Nice to meet you, Miss Walcott. Um, please, um, come in. You can shut the door. And this is my friend uh, Vadim, by you? the way. So, Vadim. Wow, that's a, that's a very exotic name. Very nice to meet you, sir. Vadim nods head. The office is functional. The desk is nicer than the chair. Uh, there's a couple pictures of planes and maybe one or two famous pilots on the wall. It's definitely you know a working office this man is in his late 40s wears uh, small glasses slightly balding typical brit you know not, nothing out of the ordinary in a crowd you'd lose him in about two seconds so but he smiles and he says um, i'm sorry so what, what how can i help you well mr church we were just recently acquainted with uh, uh mr pool outside claiming that our plane has been oh. grounded oh you were on the flight to delhi yes that is correct 
Yes, ma'am. He uh, he was in here just before uh, approaching the pilot. Uh, we received an actual document from uh, from the governor saying that plane needs to be held up indefinitely. Uh, hopefully, not too too long, but it doesn't go into too much detail. Just saying that uh, Mr. Poole does have the right to uh, make that plane cease and desist. Clarifying, we're in New Delhi, right? Uh, yeah, but I'm sorry to uh, Kathmandu. Kathmandu. Gotcha. My bad. Right. Well, while that is all well and good, me and my companions really are required to go to Kathmandu because we are dealing with a we are dealing with a passing of a friend of ours, and we must retrieve her effects from Kathmandu because that is where her belongings have oh. stayed. So you see, this is a very stressful time for us all. I'm I'm terribly sorry. Um. You have my condolences. Grief is never easy. Your friend was in Kathmandu, you said. Yes. Terrible shame. She was climbing the mountain and unfortunately passed away. And she starts weeping a little. Oh, oh dear. The Sherpa um, said she so fought valiantly, but the frostbite? I'm sorry. So hard to talk about. Vadim reaches his hand around to comfort her. Thank you, dear. You spoke to the Sherpas already? That, that's fascinating. We, we were able to reach them by telephone and we received word, but it was a telegram and a phone. It was a lot of, it was just a lot. It was chaotic, but we need to, we need to make it to Kathmandu. And we're wondering why in hell is our plane being grounded? And I asked Mr. Poole and he wouldn't tell me why. I'm worried there might be criminals on board. Well, I, I'm, I'm not sure about that. Vadim, go ahead and make a spot hidden, please. You need a hard success. That is a 50 and a six. Um, that is a regular success. Ella, you can also check. I'm sorry. Okay, so regular, uh, Adam? Mm -hmm. You said spot hidden, right? Yep. Actually, you know what, guys? Do it this way. Do psychology. It should really be psychology. My bad. You can re-roll, Adam. That is a 10 and a 5, 15, which is not a hard success for me. Oh, okay. It is regular. Yeah, I didn't get anything, but if he got a regular success, he got to learn something, but I I definitely didn't get it. You see him in a moment of thought. You're not sure what sparked it. Like, if you had had a hard success, there was a certain thing that she said that made him kind of pause for a moment and kind of think. Because you know how people, when they, they, there's different things, eyes jerk left and up to the air when they're thinking and they do all these things. But you definitely see him make that motion, but you're not picking up. And this probably makes sense to some extent. The reason I gave it a hard success uh, of Adam was because of the language and he's, he is speaking quickly. And would you catch the right phrase at the, you know, when he did it? But you, so with a regular success, you see that there's a tell but you're not sure when, what sparked that, that moment of like recall. And he goes and he walks around the table and he looks at the piece of paper again and he folds it and he says, well, I'm sure Mr. Poole will be able to clear everything up fairly quickly. Miss, uh, Miss, you said Walcott, yes? Yes, that is, that is my name from, given to me by my father. God rest his soul. Vadim uh, kind of puts his hand on Ella's shoulder and is like, you know, and uh, I'm sorry, what the gentleman introduced his name. What was his last name again? Church. Vadim says, Mr. Church, I, 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 pardon me, I, I, I do understand you have job to do. Mr. Poole has job to do. These are official things, and we certainly do not want to interrupt that. Is there other travel arrangements we may be able to make, uh, even private arrangements? Perhaps there is private plane, pilot, somebody for hire? Well, um, of course, we do have a... a small catalog of a few pilots that uh that are capable of making of making that kind of a flight with the wait, how, many, how many are you in your party sir there are five of us excuse me i'm sorry i said there are six of us <laughs> just say somewhere gustav weeps <laughs> oh no goose we keep forgetting about gustav i feel so bad gustav can hang from wheel <laughs> <laughs> the gustav just waves he's like i'll catch up with you soon <laughs> um 
he says, um, well, yes, I do have um, several gentlemen, um, and one lady, actually, who's, who's uh, not sure I would trust her, though. Plane's in good shape, but she could be a little... She's not cricket, if you know what I mean. Uh, but yes. Man or uh, woman, all I want is a good pilot. Well, there we go. Uh, yes, I, 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 can, I can make a few phone calls for you, Mr. Mr. Vadim. Yeah. Um, uh, do you do you have a particular? So you need to leave immediately, and you're heading for Kathmandu. You said that is correct. I can uh, find out if they're a available. B the planes in good condition. Um, you know most of them keep them pretty tip top, ready to go in case they some work comes up. Uh, and then uh, I'm sure we can get them out here and have a price. Uh, let's say, um, give me an hour or two just to make some phone calls, Mister Church. That is good. You can also let them know for short notice. Um emergency situation we will be happy to pay uh extra fee on top of premium oh well very 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 well i'm sure they'll they'll be thrilled with that and he says lower under his under his breath and of course finder's fee for you mr church finder's fee for me oh oh i see oh wait <laughs> wink wink yes i i understand uh, i will get back to you uh so outside jack Faye, Catherine, maybe not so much uh another car pulls up this one is a very large um don't know. Let's call it a big car. It's not. It's not German made. It's something Rolls Royce. A that's Rolls a good British car. That's a good British car, and it's yeah. At this level, probably might have been. And three men step out, all wearing gray jackets, uh, uh, long trench coat types. Uh, little oh god, little flap up. <laughs> okay, no, I don't um, know what that was. I, I'm sorry, what? but I think I know exactly what's about to go down, and I can't. I'm gonna keep it to myself. Well, now I'm scared, Ella. <laughs> God damn it! Well, Jesus Christ! <laughs> is this a? Is this a? Should I duck into the office quickly, or does Faye need to start throwing some skull? Well, I don't want to mitigate. I don't want to let people mitigate. So, should I keep it to myself? <laughs> Kayla, you've basically wait. Keep it to yourself. You've just went. Oh no! And then now so the like- my mic was hot. <laughs> He's like, he's like three guys pull up. Oh crap! I know exactly what's happening. I am lost. I'm lost. We were just in a communist nation, and now we're in England. Wow. I'm sorry. There's a lot happening right now. And people just put the Sevastopol pictures back up. Is what is going on? I see Humphrey Bogart. What? No, it's not. It's uh, another actor from that time. But Uh. yes, what? This is the gentleman that you see step out of the car with two other men dressed just like him. Uh, with it's the hat very slightly warm tilted for India. No, it's December. <laughs> Doesn't it's still mean cool. it's like. Well, it's it's not. You're right. It's not 25 at London Bridge, but it's in the 50s. It can be a little brittle, chill. I'm sorry. Bulky coat, hard to fight, and I can take him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Vadim and Ella walk out. Now they see the car, and these three gentlemen now start approaching the team as they start walking towards the airport's office. Vadim just kind of takes his bags and steps, like, to the side, like, you know, to pull everybody over out of their way and out of the way of the door. So if they're heading towards their office, we're not necessarily in their path. Jack, anything? Now that Ella's put everyone on high alert? <laughs> no, I think Jack probably just uh, taps out his pipe on his bat- on the bottom of his shoe and starts filling it up again and and relighting it again, sort of taking it, taking in what's going on. All right. So the three of you, not Vadim and Ella, they didn't see this part. When they arrived, when this gentleman stepped out and the other two came out from, so he was in the back, okay? When the other two stepped out, Poole immediately went over to him, said something and pointed to the office. Now they're making their approach, okay? So they, you, Ella, Faye, and Jack saw that. Vadim and Ella come out. 
these men are approaching. They're halfway there, you know, they're, and he smiles and he just keeps coming towards the office in a nonchalant fashion. But, uh, yeah, he makes his way towards, towards the team. Uh, Faye is, do you start like rutting your feet in the earth to try to build up momentum? What are you thinking? I'm just, I want to make sure we're not. I'm oh no, I'm not, no, my, my feet are uh, planted firmly on the ground. Um, I'm not a curly Joe. <laughs> just like, never I'm rubbing that. my forehead, just priming it. No, I'm kidding. I'm, uh, no, I'm, I'm minding my own. I, uh, I don't want to be taken away by these men in trench coats and I have a, I'm scared. Um, no, I'm just, you know, acting nonchalant. Yeah. There's nothing to worry about. I mean, it's, they're just, they're just coming towards the office. Uh, they do stop about four or five feet away. He uh, says, oh, good evening. So, so glad to have caught you. Sorry for the slight delay. Hell, hell of a time getting across the city. Um, looking for Miss Walcott. Oh, man. I believe she's inside. Or, and I we turn around looking for her at the in the hangar. Okay. In the hangar? Well, that's where she... Didn't she go into the hangar where you said the little... She went into the office, and she's already out with Vadim standing there. Oh, well. So we were coming out <laughs> as they were walking up, right? Yes, they were walking up, yeah. Now I'm priming my forehead. Well, I, I'm, are you any... By, he kind of looks pretty much at Ella, because he has, you know, maybe there was a description. And he says, would you happen to me, Miss Walcott? And you are? Hector Reed, from His Majesty's uh, M section. Um, M? I can show you some, yes, ma'am, M section. What? If I could just show you some credentials. What, what's an M section? He, mm, well, we take care of, uh, let's say, uh, things of interest around the world that we need to keep an eye on for His Majesty's security. So um, just a moment, I'll reach and may I reach into my pocket and just uh, let me just do that. The other two are just kind of staying there with his with their hands in their pockets, looking at you, hat slightly down. And he takes out some takes out his uh, wallet and flips it open and hands it to you. And it says junior advocate M section. Hell is Ella, do you want to pass that around? Uh, I don't think so. No, I'm good. Okay. So he takes it back. Just make, I didn't know if you wanted to show it to other people to see if anybody thought maybe yes, maybe no, but that's fine. He uh, looks at you and says, uh, Miss Walcott, I'm afraid that uh, you will not be getting on this plane. We need you back in London immediately. I do not understand why. A- am I in trouble or something? Um, well, I, there's not much really yet that I can tell you. Uh, my instructions were simply to travel here and... Um, when your plane landed, meet you at the airport uh, and to collect you and bring you back. We, uh, there are some questions, I believe, that need answering, and you're the only one capable of doing that. And we all hear this. Oh, yeah, he's talking openly. And he's standing there with two guys, three of them. Yeah. Ella leans in and goes, does King George need something from me? I don't know if he does, man, but I believe General Fitzsimmons does. Never heard of him. But uh, uh, that's not probably uncommon. Uh, he was a general uh, during World War One and was assigned to se- M section uh, about six years ago. Ella, do you know what this guy's talking about? Absolutely no idea, love. Well, then I am. We're late for brunch, sir. Ta- Jack- you you can just you can go because we're she's not going with you. We're, no one's going anywhere. This is just ridiculous like you come up here saying you can't get on the plane there's questions that need answering well what questions uh, like who are you this is ridiculous oh i'm sorry i thought i introduced myself hector reed no oh uh you asked that that was was a rhetorical who are you yes it was a rhetorical who are you none of she didn't ask your name she asked who you are who you are is a very more complex question 
excuse me, Mr. Reed, I, I don't believe these ladies are familiar with Her Majesty's Circus. And he turns to Ellen and says, dear, we're talking king and country, obviously. You will, of course, go with the man. I mean, there is duty. You are British, even if you're not a gentle lady. I just asked him if it, if it was about the king himself, and he said no. So therefore, I don't see why well, I, I should I, be I, kidnapped in this manner. I'm not kidnapping you, ma'am. I, You've I'm, grounded I'm, my I'm, plane I, I, and refused to let me on it. I call that kidnapping. I really... I wasn't really trying to chase you all the way to Kathmandu. That would have been very costly and, uh, no offense, a little time-consuming. Uh, this, obviously, as I said earlier, uh, M section does take care of things for king and country, but it is being run by General Fitzsimmons. That's all I meant by that. You, unfortunately, have been involved in some very bizarre situations in the past, and I believe, we believe, my associates and I, and the general, that you are the only one who can help clarify them. Can I see the warrant or whatever paperwork you have that requires my I presence? I don't have a warrant, Well, ma'am. then, I don't... I don't have a warrant. I don't see how you have the authority to take me anywhere. I see. So, you are not willing to come along? On Honestly? No, because if you don't have an affidavit claiming that you, I am required by the M, or even a warrant or some form of paper trail declaring who you are and that I can trust you, no. Well, I've showed you my, conf my, my credentials. I could telephone the office and have you speak with someone there to inf let you know that the, they do need you. Would that be would that suffice? I I can do that. I they don't normally issue papers for this sort of thing. Most people understand that if M section contacts them. It must be rather important. Here, let me do this. I'll whisper something in your ear. Maybe this will help you understand. Everybody can go ahead and make a listen check. And Am then I I'll impaired? tell you what you hear. For listening, yeah, probably. <laughs> Take an extra 10%. Add 10% to your roll. That is a, uh, for Vadim, a critical success. Okay, so Vadim's actually going to get nose hairs as he I get a bonus die on that, so. That is a, not a success. I beefed it, but not a critical beef. No, Jack? So Vadim and Faye hears, it's about that business with the Thule Society, ma'am. And he leans back. She gives him a look like, how do you know about that? She just kind of really looks him up and down and goes, and how do you know anything about that particular institution? Monitoring them for some time, ma'am. Really not something I wish to discuss in front of other people, if you understand. I'm sure you could understand how delicate the situation might be. She nods. And goes, darlings, I'm going to have to go for tea with this man. Uh, no, ma'am, we're going on a plane. I would like to discuss tea f over tea first. I'm pretty sure they're going to need to fuel up the plane in general, so it will take us 20 minutes to actually talk in private, mayhaps. Well, no, you're not going on this plane. Our plane is at the military base. We're going in the car. Same. This plane is not the same plane. This plane, this plane is free to go now. Once I have you on my in my car, heading for the other plane. Same concept applies that the that your plane needs to be fueled, <laughs> and I would like to talk to you in private over tea, like a proper British person. Uh, well, um, at the base, we could probably get some tea before we go. I'm sure we could arrange that. But I, it is I do not wish to be urgent, Miss I do not wish to be separated from my companions until I am very, very certain. We are on the same page here, because if you are uncomfortable discussing it in front of them, you see the issue I'm having here. Ella, I believe we'll be fine. Special section, dear. I believe we'll be fine. If I were called by special section, I would be on the plane already. 
Vadim is like, you trust your special section? <laughs> I trust my government like my life, sir. Special this... section comes, you run the other I, way. I am just... Vadim's thinking, how do we, how do like, we bang our way out Vodum's of this? Vadim's like, there's five of us and three of them. I think we are good. <laughs> I'm just shocked that we're... Like, you can't... All the times... This is more directed at Faye because everyone else in the group is relatively newer. All the times that I wanted to quit and just run away... And just leave. And everyone's like, no, Catherine, you can't go anywhere. No. Some random spook in a suit comes and asks Ella to get on the plane. And everyone's like, tally-ho! My God, she's <laughs> such an American. Jesus. <laughs> God, they just don't. It's those colonials. They just don't get it. <laughs> You're damn right. I don't get it. I don't want them to take my Ella girl. I'm very concerned What's right now. So I don't trusting. want to go. Can't I don't- Ella take care of the not trusting issue, Ella? Can't you just uh, lay hands on the man and decide whether he is trustworthy or not? Last episode, we just yelled at her for that. Uh, Yeah, we did. (laughs) Well, not last, maybe not last episode, but... Madam, darling, please don't shush, hush now. I would would just like, can you please just spare me a cup of coffee, sir, so that I can actually ascertain what you know, and then I can explain to my compatriots here, please? Of course. Um, Why don't we step inside this office here? And um, in the meantime, I can have uh, Mr. Church's secretary run out and get us a, some tea from the from the tower, and uh, your friends can have that. Am um, I okay to let your to get your bags off the plane and have that dis- depart? Because I'm holding up the other people for no reason. Vardam, darling, um, if you need any of my belongings out of the bags, please make sure that my things are separated from your things. You're not really going, are you? I mean, like I, I turn to the guy. I, I go, look, d- no offense. It's a fifty-fifty shot. Person. Uh, yeah, this is um. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of leaning more towards one of the fifties. So you want me to hold the plane for a few moments longer? Not a problem. We'll go inside and we'll have a, a quick chat. I will have uh, Mr. Church's man fetch you some tea. They'll be he'll be right out. Miss Walcott, uh, and he opens the door. Yes. Um, one moment, please, dears. All right. He steps inside. Um, the two men take position outside the door. Not not letting any of us in, or are we allowed in there? He Ella said she wants to talk to him in private. So Mr. Church steps out. He starts lighting a cigarette, smiles at you, and his um, his uh, man, you know, man that works in the office with him, starts running towards the tower to get some teas for everybody. Um, by run, walking quickly. Are these men uh, men that look like they can handle themselves? Yes, they are the men in gray. They can handle themselves. Good, <laughs> good, because they're gonna have to. Pool <laughs> looks over. And he's like, "Are they free to go?" <laughs> and the guy shakes his head no. He's like, "Very well." Do I believe that he is? notified of the Thule Society and that I can actually understand why I'm needed back. Like, he knows about my cult hunting business. He shows you... The one thing he does, he can show you is the paper that was being seen, that was seen by a Stanley Church that said, please hold the plane, mentioned that th- they were sending someone to collect an eight, uh, um, an E. Walcott. So when you announced your name and Vadim did that, that he saw the guy's eyes kind of dart up for a second, but he wasn't sure when it happened. It was because he recalled, oh, my God, you're the Walcott they're coming to get. So the governor's signature on, with the stamp on his desk shows Hector Reed is being dispatched from the base to collect an E. Walcott. Hold the plane. So you have something with the governor's signature on it. Then um, after the coffee, I we walk out. I nod to him gravely and say... I will meet you in the car in about five minutes. Oh, very well. Here comes the tea. Um, um, and I'll have a cup of myself. Uh, you wish me to walk away. Gentlemen, uh, we'll wait for Miss Walcott over by the car. 
He says, it was a pleasure meeting all of you. I hope you have a good flight to, to Kathmandu when you're able to uh, take care of your business there. All right. Yeah, I'm going back to London. This is all up and up. Ella, I know that I know that we argue with you and, you know, we might have said in the heat of the moment that, you know, we're annoyed by you and maybe, you know, we did have some arguments, but we don't want you to actually go. You can't be serious. I'm not going forever, darling. Trust me. I still I still care about you and I still want to be here to complete what we've started. But apparently there's some business come up from issues regarding the Thule Society that uh, they need my expertise on since, as you know, I was researching them while you were all in Berlin and even before then. So the MI6 agents want me to make a statement and do a briefing. Who else gets to go on a goddamn, like, field trip? This isn't going to be- This isn't a mini break, darling. This is business that, unfortunately, I've been dragged into because of- Does he know what business we're on? I didn't say anything, no. If Ella can go and Ella can provide some insight and they can take down the Thule Society, we're going to be a lot better off. Especially yours truly. I reach forward and I grab Ella in the biggest hug I can and I just whisper to her, take care of yourself. Don't do anything stupid. I love you. I'll see you soon. I mean it about the stupid stuff. Says you. Pot calling kettle black, I think, but of course I will. Look, I will try to make my way to Kathmandu as quickly as possible and then meet you there. I'm sure organizing Aveline's retrieval is going to take some time. It's just, this matter is not something I can easily avoid. They're either going, either go with them willingly or MI6 comes and apprehends me legally, but I'm in cuffs, most likely. That, because that's how they deal things. Like, cloak and dagger, hood over my head sort of thing. Vadim walks up to Ella, he puts his hands on her shoulders, and he gives her a quick Russian embrace and says, be careful, young lady, come back to us. Of course. Thank you. Thank you, darling. Um, Vadim, you are their guide in this. I I trust you implicitly. And, uh, oh, Jack, you are the only British man standing. Lead them well. Jack, in in very English fashion, maintains his distance, pulls his pipe from his mouth and says, Safe flight, Miss Walcott. You're in good hands with Her Majesty. Finally, to Kat, she takes both her hands and says, I know you're uncomfortable with embracing and hugging, so I will just do this. I'm not abandoning you. I will be coming back. Please do not fall off that plane because you are intoxicated. She kind of pulls her hands back. Why would I fall off the plane? The doors are going to be closed. This is... Miss Walcott, we really should be going. All right. Goodbye, my lovelies. In a minute. Don't do anything weird. Come on, it's me. Yeah. Don't do anything weird. I confirm Ella's London address with her real fast. Mm-hmm. Um, just so in case when we do get to Kathmandu, if she does not join us there, I want to tell her where we're going next. Well, I don't have an address in London. I only have my dad's bar, so I'd give you that. That's that's fine. Whatever you had given us. You you make your way over towards the car, and one of the men in gray comes over and takes out a piece of paper. A, it's a small little, you know, little card, and says, "This is the shortwave radio frequency. You can contact it any time between six p.m. and midnight London time, and we will be able to let you know where Miss Walcott, when she is done with the questions and things that we have for her, where she can either meet you or uh, join you." 
So please, this is he said he hands it to you again. He says, That's the shortwave radio. You can reach us, like I said, between six PM and midnight. Thank you. This is one of the men says this yeah. to us. If anything happens to her, I don't care what you are, I'm crazy, okay? I'm crazy and I'll told, find you. We've been told a little bit about yourself and uh, actually quite a bit about Miss Ross. I will find you, okay? Uh, Take Miss, care of my girl. Of course. And he turns and starts walking away very, you know, not too slow, not too fast. Very much in that authoritative kind of special agent manner. Ella, in a last goodbye, shouts down to them from the car. Adieu, adieu, Alfita's in, gesundheit, farewell. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and gets in the car. Gesundheit? Okay, the car drives. So they loaded her luggage into the trunk. They whisk her away. And um, that's where we'll stop for tonight. Uh, we'll p- and when we pick up next time, we'll be in actually Kathmandu. So we want to th- say thank you to the players. Uh, great job, everybody. And as always, you, the listeners, especially Joe. Uh, Joe, thank you. You're one of our Patreons. You've been with us for a while. We uh, No last name. So we'll just call you Joe. And we just a mystery man. Thank you, Joe. You're you're a wonderful chap. I see great things in your future based on your support of this show. And for all of you out there listening, uh, we have been making announcements about Operation Poltergeist, which is going to be our Patreon only show. What you have just heard is Ella Walcott heading back to join with the new players and start their mission for Operation Poltergeist. So Ella is being basically commandeered for a show or two. There will be some crossover events that happen with this show and the other team. So it'll be quite interesting to see how that plays out. But this is actually for the first recording coming up in a few weeks. So Ella will be gone for a little while, but she'll be returning to the Cairo team. Don't worry about that. All right. So players, great job. Um, I guess that's it for tonight. As always, wonderful. And we'll see everybody next time. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cthulhu in Cairo. You can like, share, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. The music you're listening to is Return of the Mummy by the great Kevin McLeod. Join us next time to see where our intrepid explorers find themselves next.